Hello, it's me, Craig Barton. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your summer holidays. Now, Series 1 of Inside Exams might be over, but before we launch into Series 2, I want to share some extra behind-the-scenes chats with you. You might have guessed from my enthusiasm at the time, but talking to Zeke, one of AQA's senior researchers, for our multiple choice questions episode was quite honestly one of the best days of my life. Now, I hear the same criticisms being levelled at multiple choice questions all the time, so I couldn't let Zeke leave without getting him to bust a few of the biggest MCQ myths. What I want to do now, Zeke, is we're going to put multiple choice questions on trial, right? You can be the witness, if you like, and I'm going to to propose big arguments I've heard against multiple choice questions. And I want to know what your response is. Sure. Okay, right, okay. So the first one that I often hear is they only test factual knowledge. What's your response to that? That's not true. Um, (laughs) It's really important to state that, but it is true to say that there is always a danger that most questions written, unless there's really careful thought about what it is that you're doing when you're writing them, will end up assessing factual knowledge only. It requires more thought to assess higher order skills. In some ways, the difference is simple. If you take a subject like science, if you have no source material whatsoever, Mm. no data, Mm. no table, no context, nothing, and you just ask a question, it's almost certainly the case that all you can then do is assess factual yes, information and yes. nothing more. But it's actually quite simple to to go above that and assess, for example, analysis mm. by including novel information, a table, some source material, a context of an experiment and so on. And as soon as you do that, then it, it's eminently possible to start writing questions that are assessing analysis and their understanding of that context. And, you know, it might be calculations within, a, within the context or, or other aspects of it. To go higher than that level, Mm. higher than analysis, obviously there are some skills that simply cannot be assessed using multiple choice. We can't assess meaningfully a candidate's ability to build structured, you know, longer arguments. Yes. Um, We can't meaningfully assess creativity, original argument and so on, because by definition we are giving them the answer Mm. and they have to find it. Mm. So there are limitations, but we can assess... If we take, for example, GCSEs and A-levels in the UK, we can probably assess quite a lot. In many subjects, we can assess quite large proportions, if you like, of any specification with just multiple choice. Okay, the jury's convinced on that one, I think, Zeke. Allegation number two, my kids just guess them. They don't do any thinking. They just guess any answer. Well, what would you say to that? The evidence suggests that there's almost never complete guessing mm. unless there's such such levels of disinterest that, yeah, they're, you yeah, know, sure. interestingly, with computer based assessments, that can be detected ah. because the giveaway is if less time is spent on a question than, wow. it, than it sensibly takes to read it, <laughs> wow, then then, yes. then you know that there's motivation is low, for example, and the candidates are likely yes, to be guessing yes. in those situations. But generally, it's not true. And for anyone that doubts that, the best way of testing it is to put a, an assessment in front of you, multiple choice one, that, that relates to a subject that you know absolutely nothing mm-hmm. about. Let's, you know, let's pretend dentistry if yep, you're not a yep. dentist. And you'll probably find yourself still reading the questions, yeah. despite the fact that it's very unlikely you're going to know what the correct answer is and still trying to determine what the correct answer is from, from the options in front of you, or at least trying to eliminate one or two yes. of them so that you've got a greater chance of being able to then 
guessed the answer. So in practice, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and I think a key point there is that uh, certainly some of the kids I've taught who just don't put any effort in and just guess, they're the same ones who just leave out a non-multiple choice question anyway. It's not, for me, the specific nature of the question that lends itself to not putting the effort in. It's more the students, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, there is always a, at some level of issue with the fact that you can guess mm. because some marks are going to be picked up. But in the end, the assessment has to be designed, particularly if there's a large proportion of multiple choice questions. It's designed so that even for candidates that, you know, that did guess across the, in theory, across the test, they're still not going to pick up a, a grade from, you know, yes. a, a grade from doing that. The, the test has to be designed that way. For example, you're not going to get a uh, 100% multiple choice test with four, with four options per question, where if you get 25% as your result, you're going to pick up a, yes. a you know a grade in in that assessment and if you did then i would suggest there's probably a problem somewhere with with that test this next one zeke I'm, i've got to admit i i do feel this a bit and i'm interested in in your take on this what do you say to people who say it's a hell of a lot of effort for just one mark in an exam to answer one of these multiple choice questions it can be i think that's absolutely right and i think that's one of the reasons why we don't see as much multiple choice questioning in GCSEs and A-levels in many subjects is because there is consideration given to the amount of work required to answer a question or the amount of knowledge or skill, Mm. if if you like, required to Mm. answer a question. And so often it's not appropriate to ask a question where, you know, where where there is lots to do, comparable, for example, to a constructed response question, a test that's worth three or four marks, and then only give it one mark. It also can lead to strategy amongst Mm. amongst the students, which we don't want to see. You know, if that was the case that the test worked like that, then I would probably advise my students to do all the longer questions first and then come to the multiple choice questions in the end, because actually the amount of time you spend on each one, given the fact they're only worth one mark means that logically you are better off leaving them till the end yes that's one of the reasons i think why we use multiple choice in maths but not necessarily that extensively Mm. is for that reason that we want to assess larger scale problem solving showing working and so on Mm. and if you ask a question that that requires multiple steps and then you only give it one mark at the end then it is in the sense I've just described, it's unfair on the, yes. on the students and it, and it doesn't represent what they've just done in relation to the whole test. Yes, I think that's fair. Let me go controversial on you now, Zeke. I know that AQA's maths GCSE papers, they have, I think it's about six multiple choice questions per paper, something like that. And I think all papers I've seen start off with at least three or four of these multiple choice questions. What do you say to the argument that actually... It's not a good way to settle students into a paper, to confront them immediately with a challenging question and really plausible distractors that immediately get them kind of panicky a little bit. Is, is it not better to ease them in with a non-multiple choice question? I think that's a, that's a very fair question. Maybe the counter argument to, to <laughs> yeah, what you just it. said is that you often feel as a student answering a multiple choice question that you've got a good chance of you, that you've answered it correctly mm. because one of the answers is there. Yes. So whereas if it's a constructed response question, and you know this is all largely psychological, admittedly, sure, of course. then it's more likely to be blank. 
Mm. It, it's very unlikely you're going to leave it blank because you can at least have a go. Mm. And, you know, even with some limited understanding, you can often eliminate some of the distractors and feel like you've got a, a good chance of, uh, yes. of answering. It's for one other thing that's worth saying with maths is that what you'll find with these, the maths questions that we'll ask at, or all awarding bodies, I think really will ask at GCSE and A-level, is they're not necessarily just the straight calculation type questions, but they're often ones that require you to make comparisons between the options. Mm. And I think those are quite interesting and they can't really be asked as constructed response. So for example, ordering fractions or saying which one of these fractions is the largest or the smallest, mm. these are things that they, they don't work in the same way as other multiple choice questions because you are being asked to directly compare one option with the other ones and, and you know and, and therefore say which one which one's the biggest. So in the end, often many of the questions we use in maths are of quite a different style and type. Mm. Um, and they're things that you couldn't actually ask as a constructed That's response question. Whereas in science for, um, or, or English, most questions that you ask as multiple choice can also be asked as constructed uh, response as well. That's interesting. Uh, one more for you to, to try and defend this. What do you say to the argument that curriculum time shouldn't be spent learning a strategy to answer a particular question type, multiple choice questions? It should just be spent on teaching students knowledge. What, what do you say to that argument? I think that is true. I think some strategy, a modicum of strategy, is always going to be unavoidable. Mm. You know, that one of the biggest points to make is that it's absolutely crucial with other question types, constructed response questions and so on, that students are made familiar with the mark scheme for the particular assessment and, and how it works and the sorts of responses that are awarded in constructed response questions, because there are different ways of answering questions. And unfortunately, they're often, particularly for longer questions, where there are command words used that don't have a clear meaning that's easy to define, mm. explain, describe, yes. and discuss, and, mm. and, and so on. Understanding what's required by looking at past mark schemes and, and so on is an in inherent part. And there is mm. some level of strategy in that. So based on that, I think that the, the strategy with multiple choice is actually, in one sense, and, and the teaching behind answering the question type is probably less of an issue, actually, than, than it is with constructed response questions where you've got to understand mm. exactly how a mark scheme works. Yes. You know as the candidate that one of those answers is right. So other than those cues that we talked about before, mm. which, which may be taught to some extent here and, and are certainly taught in America, they don't necessarily have the same strategy implications, if you like, te you know, teaching strategy implications that other questions have. I have had one of the best times I've ever had it. This is this is my kind of day, this, chatting about multiple Excellent. choice questions. So thank you so much for your time today. I've loved every second. Thank of you. It. I've really enjoyed it too. Thanks. <laughs>